Hello, friend. I have a question to ask you. I'm going to frame it as best as I can in two different ways. So here's the question. What would make a woman who happens to be a wife say no to a request from her husband who happens to be a king? Let's listen to someone's perspective on this matter because if you are a DNA cousin, distant relative, a friend or supporter, you know I'm talking about our series we've been doing and I'm talking about Vashti, the queen who said no to King Xerxes or I think Ahasuerus is his name, who later became the husband to Esther. Let's listen to someone's perspective. Why did Queen Vashti refused to go before King Xerxes. I knew a lot about what Vashti didn't do, but I didn't know a lot about who she was. Vashti was the granddaughter of King Nebuchadnezzar and the orphan daughter of King Belshazzar, who, if you'll remember, saw the handwriting on the wall. You've been judged and found lacking. So she was a princess of Babylon. She just probably felt like that was something that made her feel like all of us would less, less of a person. And so I feel like at that point, she made the decision to turn in her resignation as queen of Persia. Aren't DNA cousins wonderful? Thank you for sharing that perspective. Now let me reframe the question. What would make a woman a queen who happens to be married to a very powerful king say no to a direct request that he makes of her? Because we answer questions by how we are wired, by culture, our upbringing, our personal family backgrounds, and even in terms of relationships among the sexes, we answer and respond according to our experiences, what we have seen, what we like and don't like. So let's factor this in. How does a woman respond when she's not even considered to be a citizen or to have any value when her total value is that that is assigned by having a husband, that she's not worth anything unless she is married and she has a covering, that she can hope or aspire to be a concubine, to be a wife, to be part of a harem, but to be a queen? Why would you give that up when this person who is your covering really is your link to life? Aha, my question is different. Let's get another perspective. If we think that we always receive what or get what we want, it gives us that attitude of pride. And I believe um, based 
on what I read or studied is that I think Queen Vashti thinks that the king loves because she's very beautiful and the king loves her she will be able to get away with saying no let me welcome you thank you thank you thank you for coming back thank you for taking the time to watch or to listen i am honored and blessed that you have chosen to spend some time with me for us to have a chat i am your host my name is joy welcome to a place for joy where we get to share and talk i need you to know that it is a biblical podcast so you know what you've chosen and we're basing our chats our stories bible characters who were real people to learn lessons that the lord has placed in the bible for us to search and seek out in order for us to live victorious in this world as we will in the next welcome and let's talk about vashti what are lessons we can learn from vashti i didn't want to waste your time and i didn't want to just come up with just anything i wanted something that could inspire you encourage you bless you cause you to dig for yourself but something to carry you through your week or maybe a challenge you're facing or just to inspire you to tap in more to the truths of God's word so our chat today is what if what if and i've done a deep dive in thinking because if we make the connection there are many bible commentaries and you can see all kinds of different things and these people are well learned and studied but it's still an opinion none of us have interviewed personally vashti and what were the customs what were the norms you know because the bible states and you can read this that the king said that she was to come with her crown to show off her crown some commentaries say that she, he wanted her to appear naked and to come before his guest just with the crown on and my thoughts on why vishiti didn't come to the banquet when the king called and um, i did a little more digging and some contemplative thought and um in the amplified version there's a footnote talking about how she was going to be called to come before the king naked wearing just her turban and she thought of the consequences if the people uh found her beautiful or if they found her flawed and there were consequences both ways and um both of those involved some sort of shame and humiliation and um or risking death um and unlike Esther, who faced death, who faced her fear. Um, I think it was fear and insecurity that kept her from coming. My opinion, I tend not to believe that's true, but who knows? He was a pagan king. And we can become so depraved until we accept that anything goes. And society, apart from God, man left on their own, 
we're wicked. So that is a very real possibility. But I'm not going to say that that's the gospel truth because the Bible doesn't tell us that's what it was. It does tell us that he asked her to come with her crown. It didn't say only her crown. It said to show off her crown. And it might have been one of the most magnificent crowns and he was showing off his glory. Some people believe that he was drunk because he said that his guests could have wine without any limitation. They were to get as much as they wanted. And you're thinking about the separation of the sexes. The females were being entertained by Queen Vashti. And please bear with me. Some people say Vashti. I grew up saying Vashti. I don't know the correct pronunciation. So please bear with me. We're talking about the same person. Let's agree to agree that we're talking about Vashti or Vashti. Um, so she was entertaining the women in the palace. He were, was entertaining all these other people that he had invited into the citadel, into where he ruled. I have several thoughts about this. The wise people were not getting drunk because they still knew they were a guest at the palace of the king. And they were probably doing it in moderation. Also, they were there for a while. They knew that he was watching them and they had time. And then you had the people that were not so wise who were probably just drinking away. It was all these men just laughing and talking and not having the burden of being, what can I say? They were probably relaxed. They were probably like, this is the best of the best. We're hanging with the king. He's taking care of our needs. We're not worrying about family. We are in control here. We're little kings. He's allowing us to do this. So maybe they were having a drunken party. I don't know. I, I don't know. We can picture it and infer different things. The women were having a good time. It doesn't say they were drinking, but they too were having a good time. You can bet they were decked out. We can infer by culture that these were not necessarily women wearing Daisy Dukes and showing off themselves. One of the commentaries says that um, people were not really allowed to even look at the queen. I'm wondering if it's because in that part of the world, we are referring the culture now that is there, which is mostly the Islamic culture, and they tend to be more chaste in their dress. Um, culturally, where the, some of them not only cover their heads, but also their faces. I'm wondering if that's the inference from some of the commentaries that they assume that's how it was too. And we, again, I don't know. I haven't studied like that. I'm not an archeologist or a historian. So I'm not sure and forgive me because I didn't dig that way. That's a possibility. Um, it was also inferred that because of that, it was a great insult to her to be called as the queen to go and display herself before these men because it wasn't part of their culture. I don't know. For some reason, I see this king that has been portrayed as a drunkard, and I've even heard someone say he was into 
using our culture, our now culture, he was into trafficking and things. That, that wasn't their culture. Their culture was exactly what it was. The kings had an, a harem. Men were in charge. That's how things were done. I see this man as being more sensitive than our talk gives him to do. Um, I personally believe that he really loved this woman, not because he didn't have any other women, but this is who he had chosen to be his wife. This was the queen who represented him. And when he was showing forth his glory, she was a part of that. I believe a lot of my thoughts about Xerxes comes from the way that he interacted with Esther. The fact that he extended his scepter to her, I know was through prayer and fasting and the favor of God, but he seemed to have been proud of her. Again, maybe favor of God. He, he seemed to have been tickled that she wanted him to come to her and wanted nothing. And even before he knew what she wanted, he said to the half of my kingdom, you can have it. He, he seemed to be proud that she got dressed up to see him. I think that's characteristic of most men, even now. Um, he seemed to, he kept his word. And even in a part where he was reflecting and reading over his annals to find out different things that was happening, he seems to have been a reflective man. Again, I'm inferring. I don't see him as this drunkard. Maybe as a king and a rule, maybe he wasn't fair, maybe he wasn't just. But now we're talking about him interacting with his wives, with the queen. So my what if is this. This is the lesson that I believe the beginning of this book, straight through to the end, teaches us. What if and I'm going to say it low so you can come close. What if none of us have a perfect life and none of our situations are ideal? What if we all have a Xerxes or a Hazarus who isn't the ideal husband, man, boss, colleague, sibling, neighbor. Maybe they're loud, they're boisterous. Maybe they mean well, they don't know how to show it. Maybe they're just mean. But what if, what if, what if we trusted God enough that when we're put in these situations, and we are obedient, not to what is abuse, because we all know what abuse is. And I'm not talking about some of the things we talk about. I'm talking about respect in the biblical sense, respecting authority because the Bible said so, respecting the person's title, what if we respected God more that in the midst of these situations, there's a protection around us 
that if we follow through and obey, what if God meets us on the other side and brings us out looking better, more powerful, more regal, and position us in a place where we not only bless ourselves, but we are deliverance to others. Isn't that what happened to Esther? Her situation wasn't ideal either, but she had the covering and, and she wasn't even of the same ethnic background. She was Jewish. So she wasn't even used to all those different things. And I'm not saying that Vashti or Vashti was, but she came more from a pagan background. Esther came from the one with the one God and they had their ways and their ways of worship. How come this woman trusted her cousin? Really, he was her cousin. I don't, I used to say uncle. Trusted him enough. Her covering where he was trying to get her where she had, because that's the only way women were validated. She trusted him to go to a pagan king. And in working through the system, in listening to the same eunuchs, it was just one who was assigned, but Vashti had seven who this king had sent to protect her, to bring her out to the people. There were seven to protect her, to be around her, so she didn't get harmed, to bring her directly to him, to take her back. How come Esther listened and was promoted not because the situation was ideal. She, she, she was among a lot of other women competing for this same title. And they had to go into this man as pure and innocent. And he selected them or they went into his harem. Not making him bad. Let's stick with the culture. Because now they were protected. They had somewhere to eat. They were not on the street. They were not being abused. They were not being prostituted. They were being provided for for the rest of their lives and any children they had. Let's put that into perspective. And then we bring Esther, who came as the queen, not only for delivering her circumstance, but for an entire nation, for her people, because she knew how to subject herself how to put on her crown when it was needed and to go in grace and in royal authority to go before the king under the covering of obedience to her uncle, to her God. So there are a lot of what ifs. What if Peter hadn't stepped out of the boat? He was in a storm. It wasn't perfect weather. They weren't near the beach because it was afterwards that Jesus spoke where things calmed down. But first there was a what if. What if Mary has said no? Now we know that in all of these things, God would have gotten someone else. But what if he gives us a choice for us to see that we're not ordinary and our circumstances will never be perfect.
What if we learn to trust him in the not so perfect situations and we trust his title, his lordship, who he is, that when he summons us in uncomfortable situations, we trust him enough to step out on his word. What if that was really the message in the midst of everything else? What if Hosea had said, no, I'm not marrying this woman. You already told me she's a prostitute and she's unfaithful. What if? What if Job had cursed God like his wife told him when things weren't right? What if Moses had continued coming up with excuses? Because he came up with them. You see, no perfect situation. What if he had finally said, no, I'm not doing this because in each circumstance I've said, each situation, Joseph, what if he has said, no, go pick someone else. I want a wife to be faithful, only have my child. I don't understand all of this. What if he hadn't said, okay, I'll go and I'll take her. Even though she's pregnant, I don't understand. I'll do it. What if Abraham had told God, Abram, no, 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 no. I can't leave from my father's people. There's so many what if situations and there will be what if situations this week. I and you, because we're cousins, we're friends, we keep looking for the perfect situation for God to show himself on our behalf. But what if it never comes? What if it's us trusting him with bad medical reports, with hurt situations, with betrayals, but trusting his crown, his lordship, that he can bring us through it and extend his scepter to us because he grants us favor and that it is not to embarrass us, it is actually to show forth his glory. What if? Don't say no before you pray and find out how God wants you to respond, even though it might be looking just crazy and you might see a whole pile of drunkenness and confusion and wonder what is the beauty that can come out of this. What if your God is waiting for you on the other side and has sent your protection to walk you through it? I appreciate you. Please thumbs it up. Please come back. Please share with a friend. And please, if you haven't touched the notification bell, do so so you know when I upload. Or just check back on the channel. Sometimes YouTube takes people off. Check back, come back. Blessings to you, my friend.